Hi, thanks for joining us online. We're glad that you've chosen to access this message. It's so encouraging to know that God is using the ministry of Portico Community Church to touch the hearts and lives of people all across the world. If you have a story to share or a prayer request, we would love to hear from you at info at porticocanada.ca. To support our ministry, you can donate online by clicking on the Donate button at the top right of your screen. Once again, we're so glad that you've joined us. It's our prayer that this message from God's Word will deeply impact your life. Well, good morning, everybody. Good afternoon, everybody. <laughs> and happy Mother's Day to those who it's appropriate for. And happy Mother's Day to those who it's inappropriate for, sure. We can all celebrate Mother's Day. Uh, if I've not met you before, my name is Rick, and I'm one of the pastors here. And so glad that you are with us to celebrate Mother's Day. My mom had a favorite saying growing up, and she would say this, different people get different things at different times. And that sounds like very sage advice, good wisdom. You might want to get out a pen and write that down. Different people, different thing at different times. My opinion, it was just a way for her to save money and play favorites with her children. That personal opinion, I don't know. But if, you, if you have three kids and they all want to go to summer camp, you can just look at two of them and go, well... Different people get different things at different times. And you have just saved yourself 66% on summer camp registration. You know what I mean? And, then, and, and it's an added bonus. You sound very in touch and like you're making it a teaching moment. And you can say, you see, Rick, that's why your sister gets to go to camp. And that's, that's why you're not going to go to camp this summer. And someday you'll understand that. And apparently we haven't reached that day because there's still a little bit of pain there. I don't know if you can feel that coming out, coming out from me, but... I kid, but my mom, my mom really did love us all greatly, and she loved us all uniquely. And um, besides being a middle child, you're not really supposed to receive love. Like, I don't know if there's any other middle children in a room, anyone? Yeah, that's right. We're the neglect. Yeah, we're not supposed to be loved that way. Anyway, so really, that we, were, we were loved appropriately. <laughs> Despite how the first few minutes of this has gone, we really are here to honor mothers today. <laughs> Because being a mom is one of the most difficult roles and difficult things to do in our society. You've got to balance career, you've got to balance marriage, you've got to balance family, personal health, societal expectations. You have to put up with smart-alecky children like myself. So I want to put it on the record that my mom was one of the good ones, especially since she might listen in later on, you never know. And we are going to spend... 30 minutes this morning, digging into the Bible, and we are going to look at three pictures out of the scripture, three narratives, where Jesus interacted directly with his mom, and we're going to see some of the ways that he did that, some of the lessons that we can pull out, and see if we are applying those to the way with we interact with our moms, or see if there's some adjustments that we need to make based on the example that he left for us. So we're going to spend this morning figuring out what I learned from Jesus about how to treat my mom. And true to form, God never leaves the big things in our lives undealt with. The, the Bible addresses how we're to deal with uh, how, our path to salvation. The Bible addresses how we interact with our neighbors. The Bible also addresses how to interact with our mom. So we're going to take you through three pictures of three phases of Jesus' life. And the first one, we're going to go to the early years, the beginning of, of Jesus' life. And we have a few pictures out of the Christmas narrative and, and the birth of Jesus. But we're going to go to the only other recorded narrative as Jesus as a child, which is found in Luke 2, verses 41 through 52. And it's listed there in your bulletin, in your notes, so you can be following along. Just want you to hold it open there. I'm going to be referring to the New Living Translation. There's a few 
A few real key phrases there that we, we, we will pull out. And verse 42 tells us that this took place when Jesus was 12 years old. So who remembers being 12 years old? You remember, go, go away. For some of you, that's like a few years. Some of you, that's more than a few years, and we won't ask you to say that. But we know being 12 years old is very different than being an adult because you see the world as full of possibilities. You see the freedoms that are available in every situation. Like it, if we were to go after the service and walk down to the Credit River, I don't know if you've ever taken the trail down there, but you'd walk down the pathway and you'd see the river and the fish are swimming and it's beautiful, the trees are all blossoming and you would go, what a beautiful river. And if you had a 12-year-old with you, they would go, it is downhill from here to the river. I bet if we put a ramp at the end, I could, boom, just take, I could get on a bike and just jump right over the river, and I'll get my buddy on the other side, we'll film it, and we'll put it on YouTube. We'll be YouTube hits of me jumping over the river, because if you're 12, you see the world with adventure. You see the world with possibility. That's just the way that, that's just the way that adolescents work. And in this narrative, Jesus, although the Son of God, he was also 12 years old. And, and here's, what, here's what plays out. In verse 41, it tells us that his family was going someplace familiar. They were going to the temple, which was according to their custom. And you probably have customs in your family, whether it's Christmas, Easter, or Mother's Day. There's, there's a thing that you do. There's a place that you go. And, but it, it's not always what's normal. It's not someplace you go every week. And, and, and this is Jesus. They were going to the temple, a place where he would only visit once a year. And when 12-year-olds visit a new place, they have to find something to do. They have to find some place where they fit in because they don't really feel like, I'm just going to hang around with mom and dad, but I have to find where I'm going to go. My family didn't grow up going to church except on, on Easter. My mom, would, my mom would sing in the Easter choir and the three kids would come with her. And the church that we were going to had a lower level and a balcony. And I didn't want my mom to be able to see me and try and parent from the platform. So I would go up to the upper level. And I would just kind of hang over and look at all what's going on. I would bring a magnifying glass. I could spy on people and see what they were reading. And I would make paper airplanes out of the bulletin and throw it off. the yeah, that, was, that was me as a 12-year-old. Adventure and possibility. Wherever you go, you find your space. Well, this... This is Jesus. He's, he's, he's got to find his space. And when I was at this church visiting my mom's church on Easter, the service would end, the three of us would get into the car, and off we would go home. In Jesus' case, the Passover festival ended. They don't have a car. The, the extended family gathered up, and they were going to make their long trek home, uh, which would about 100 kilometers. This is going to be a multiple days journey walk home for them. And it's easy in that scenario, or... Maybe it's easy for you not to be sure where all the kids are. Like, it's easy to lose track of kids when you have a number of kids that are around, right? And, and maybe we can take a lesson from uh, Catherine O'Hara. Let's take a peek. Kevin's not here. 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 What? 
Most of us are probably familiar with that, with that movie, the Home Alone series, where she continues to keep forgetting her child at home in those big moments where there's extended family members around. Well, Home Alone mom is in good company. Jesus' mom forgot him as well. <laughs> like in our, in our day and age, there's like a little bit of mom shame that goes on if their kids are not always in matching outfits or if, you know, you have the kid, your kid is the one that bites other kids at the park or something like that. Like there's that, there's that kind of shame. Well, those are very trivial things compared with leaving your child somewhere. And Mary left town without double checking that Jesus was with them. And I love what it says in verse 43. If you catch this, they didn't miss him at first, is what it says. Now, I can't, I can't totally blame Mary. I have a middle school uh, 13-year-old, and I don't miss her right away when I don't see her for the first, for the first few minutes as well. I'm, I'm quite happy to assume that she's gone on with somebody else. Like, I love her, but sometimes it's good to love 13-year-olds from a distance. And if, and if you don't have one, you can borrow mine for a couple of years. I'll come pick her, and you'll understand it's good to love, but love from a distance. But Jesus was just being 12, and he was looking at the world through the eyes of possibility, and being the son of God, the possibility took him inside the temple. And he had a passion to understand the scriptures and teach the scriptures, and what we see is we find him leaving his family, causing all this chaos to interact about with, with the Bible teachers and talk about scripture. And, and if, you're, if you're reading there, it says that the family searched for three days before they actually found him here inside the temple. And I can't imagine the sheer panic and horror that would have filled Mary as she realized a few hours in that she didn't know where her son was and she would have to go back and find them. Not only did she lose her son, she lost God's son. Like, I don't, I don't know what kind, of, what kind of penance you have to do when you lose God's son, but I'm sure there would have been something you would have had to do. But like most self-sufficient, adventure-loving 12-year-olds, Jesus was okay. He was just following the passions of his heart and leading leading or letting it lead him to where he needed to go and for somehow he was able to survive over these three days i don't know if he slept in the temple i don't know how he ate the bible doesn't tell us that but it does tell us that he existed in this world debating scriptures with other rabbis for three days and mary frantically arrived back into Jerusalem. I'm sure there were rumors going around that there was a 12-year-old teaching in the temple and she probably put two and two together and go, that's my 12-year-old teaching people in the temple. And look what it says in verse 47. All who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And here comes a life lesson. Jesus was able to hold his own with the teachers so much so that they were amazed that they wanted to hear more from him. And life lessons work like this. Just because you learn a lesson when you're 12 years old doesn't mean it's something that you should just let go for the rest of your life. So the, the thing that we learn from Jesus interacting between his mom and he and his mom at 12 years old isn't something that we let go just because we're older. That's how, that's how life works. So he's, he's debating scripture. He's able to wow and amaze the teachers of the Bible. And then what do we read in verse, in verse 51? He returned to Nazareth with his parents, and was obedient to them. Even though he was able to already step into this role of a teacher, he's still obedient, and the concept that I think is here is respectful to his mom. He was obviously already able to step into the spiritual center of the society and engage in debate with the leaders, but he didn't. He went along with his mom and stayed obedient to her. 
And the course of life is such as this, that as, as a preteen through adulthood, we will begin to outpace our parents. We will begin to get knowledge and strength and, and energy that our parents don't have. I've been, I've been recently trying to teach my mom how to use apps. I don't know, has anyone gone through this struggle? Yeah. Or has, is, is, anyone, is anyone a parent and your kids are trying to teach you how to use apps? And you're like, just leave me alone. I don't, I don't know how to do that. Because your kids start to get knowledge and understanding that you don't have. And they've got pace and energy, energy and they could get to a place that you're not able to go. And this was where Jesus was, but he learned and lived respect for his mom, even though he could have pushed beyond what she was ready for. Reflection question for us all. Do you function with that level of respect for your mom? That you could take a step back from going at the speed of life which you're accustomed to, simply because that would make things easier for your mom. Or do you want to say, mom, just let me get ahead. It's, it's a journey that starts at 12 and it just keeps going and going through the course of our lives. And Jesus here, we see him learning to balance the respect. I could be here in the temple already teaching all of these adults, but I'm going to live respect for my mom. And what we see in the last half of 51, it says that his mother stored all these things in her heart. And mothers in the room, you would get this is that one of the most amazing gifts a child can give their mom is that they're amazing their mom with all their new things that they're learning and all their abilities and how, how much success the mom sees happening in the child's life. Yet at the same time, they're not so focused on that. They're giving the respect to their mom and slowing down so that they can include mom in the journey of their life. Amazed at how they're growing, but respectful obedience to the role as a mom. And you watch your kids grow up, and some of us as kids, we grow up and our moms are watching us. And we both know, moms and kids, we both know that we're ready for greater levels of independence than moms are maybe ready to allow. But we defer because she's mom. We defer because Jesus taught us respect over independence. Verse, 51, verse 52 in your notes there, it says, Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all the people. And even as he's growing, he understands, I got to treat my mom with respect. Do you live at that level? That's the first reflection I see about how Jesus taught us how to treat our mom. So let's bounce ahead a few years. We're going to go to his young adult age and we're going to call them the middle years. I'm going to take you to a narrative that takes place in John chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. And Mary's family was invited to a wedding. And there was a terrible tragedy that happened at this wedding. And those of you who know the Bible, what is the tragedy that happened at this wedding in Cana? The wine was gone. They ran, they ran out of wine. And obviously, there was, there was no stigma that was uh, around alcohol that was uh, obviously present in this Jewish society compared with what some of us may understand in today's conservative Christianity, uh, Christian society. But what we do know is that the rabbis of the day, when they, were, when they were teaching and when they wanted to teach about joy, they would often use wine as an example and they associated wine and they used it as a symbol for joy. So here we are at this wedding and there's a real problem. The joy had run out of the wedding. 
And Jesus and his disciples were also invited to this, to this wedding. And his mom, whom we already know from the, from the first narrative, he obeys her. He respects her. His mom comes to find him, and, he's, and she states the issue very plainly to him. We have run out of wine. Now, scholars are mixed at why Mary came to Jesus with this problem. Some say, and if you read the, if you read the textual criticism, some will say, well, it's because Mary, the, Mary was there and these were members of her extended family or these were members of her extended social network and it would have been a big embarrassment to them if the party ran out of wine and this would have been a social shame. So Jesus is asking Mary to go buy, or Mary's asking Jesus and his disciples, go buy more wine quickly so that nobody notices that we've run out. I tend to believe the other side of the, of, the, of the commentaries, and it's because of the way that Jesus responds that I think this is the insight that we can gain. So look at verse 4. He says to her here, Dear woman, that's not our problem, Jesus replied. My time has not yet come. So dear woman isn't a disrespectful term. We know he's respectful. It's a term of endearment, actually. But it's a clear change And it's a sign that Jesus is shifting how he's going to interact with his mom from here on out. And this is the natural course that takes place for every human being, that we we have our moms, we defer all the time as as we're growing up, but it's natural that young adults begin to separate from their moms. You, just, you go through the course of life and there's a separation that happens. And at some point, whether it's at 26, 27, 28, you separate from your mom. Some of you still haven't got that yet. You're 28 and still living at home. Like, it's time to launch, guys. Yeah, like, we'll, we'll get it out there. But Mary was, Mary was birth mom, and he, he, she was his mom, but this was God's son. So he, he refers to her as dear woman, but not mom. And then he says this, my time has not yet come. And this is why I think this is what, it, it's, it's a different thing than just the social embarrassment that's coming. I think Mary was asking Jesus to reveal his true nature and say, Jesus, it's your time to show that you have power to do miracles. It's time for you to step in to the role of Messiah. And Jesus responds with the fact that, no, dear woman, it's not my time. And maybe you didn't identify with the mom in the first scenario that's that's trying to hold her kid back. Maybe you more identify with the mom in this scenario, whether it's your mom or you are one, that, that it's Mary, the mom, pushing Jesus out of the nest and saying, it's time for you to go. You need to step into the next phase of your life. Now, chronologically, we need to know this. Jesus had already been baptized. Je- Jesus had gone to John the Baptist, and, and he, had, he had been baptized. There was an audible voice from heaven, and the Father said, this is my Son, in whom I am well pleased. That's Matthew 3 and 17. And then a spirit, the, the dove ascended on Jesus. The Holy Spirit came. He had been baptized and commissioned for ministry. Also chronologically at this time, Jesus had already gone out into the wilderness and fasted for 40 days. And during those 40 days, he faced the concepts of of fame, fortune, and invincibility that would have come at at his life during his public ministry because he was going to be a respected teacher. He was going to be able to perform miracles. He would have had these temptations come at him. Would Would you give in to money? Would you give in to fame? Would you give in to this invincibility? But even at his lowest of lows, after 40 days of not eating, he faced those temptations with scripture and stood fast to who he knew he was called to be. 
He was ready. He had been baptized. He had faced those challenges. Mom knew he was ready. But Jesus responds with, I'm not ready. But like the good Jewish mom that Mary was, she pushed him out there and said, no, no, son, you're ready. And I love this. Look at it in verse 5. Jesus looks at her and says, I'm not ready, but his mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you. (laughs) He said, no, mom, I'm not going to do it. Just do what he says. How How many of us interact with our moms that way? No, mom, I can't do that. Just do what he said. Fine, I'll just do it. We, we interact with our moms that way. We defer because we want to honor our mom's wishes. And this is Jesus, the 30-year-old young adult, honoring his mom. And whether it's because he wanted to hold her esteem in the social circle, as some would suggest, or whether it's, as I would suggest, that it was her, whether it was him deferring to her and stepping into his era of public ministry Even as he's saying, it's not my time, he takes that step. He honors his mom. Now, this is a struggle that every adult will face. We need to be independent. But there is this understanding of the principle of honor, and it's not always as easy as it may seem. Because we have plans and dreams and timelines for our lives that we set out and our families, and we want, we want to go and do that. But our mom has plans and dreams and timelines, and those two things don't always mesh together. And as an adult, who gets to win? We want to take control of that, don't we? Because the cycle of life goes like this. We begin as part of our parents' story. I was born in Brantford. I was born to my parents. I grew up. I went to, I, I went to school there. I grew up. And then I moved away, and I started my own life, and I got married, and I started pastoring, and I had hope, and, we have, and we've been living in Mississauga for 15 years. We, it's no longer my mom's story. It's my story, so don't I get to have control over that? And we get to a place where we might even start to lose the honor that our moms should have in our stories. I'm doing things my way now, mom. Don't push me into where you want me to go. But Jesus shows the way forward and how to honor with one statement. It's not my time, but if this means that much to you, then I guess I'm ready. And from that moment on at the wedding, the wine was flowing everywhere and the water turned into wine. He stepped in and did a miracle because his mom said, this one's important. Reflection question for you on Mother's Day. Do you know the things that are so important to your mother? that they are worth sacrificing part of your control over to honor her? Or moms, do your kids know the things that are important, so important to you? And have you had the discussion of what honor looks like in that relationship? We see Jesus stepping into a brand new phase of his life, even when he confessed it might not be time to do so in an act of honor in deference towards his mother. Jesus taught us respect for mom. Jesus taught us honor for mom. And our last one here this morning, we're going to move into the final years of his life, and we'll move into John a little bit further, John chapter 19, verses 25 through 27, and we're going to look at the compassion that Jesus showed his mom. So this is the end of his life, which means that Mary is probably nearing the end of her life as well. We, we should guesstimate that, that Mary was 
a late teenager, 17 or 18 or so, when she had Jesus. So that makes her 50 or 51. And also our best understanding is that lifespan at that time in that region, people would have lived 60 to 65 years. Healthcare is obviously way more advanced today and we can, we can help people extend their lives longer. But if you were a healthy individual not facing any significant challenge, you would have lived 60 to 65 years. So if Mary was healthy, she was beginning to slow down and get to the end of her life. If she wasn't completely healthy, she was right at the end of her life as Jesus is on the cross dying. And even as he's in that moment, he's been accused, he's been arrested, he's been convicted and now being sent off to die, he was beaten, he's hanging on the cross in horrible pain, but at the same time completing the mission, the very purpose for why he came to earth to die for our sins, he pauses to have a moment of compassion towards his aging mother. Look at it, verse 26. When Jesus saw his mother standing there beside the disciple he loved, he said to her, dear woman, here is your son. And he said to the disciple, here is your mother. From then on, the disciple took her into his home. And before Jesus finished saving the world, he paused to save his mom. And of the three narratives, this was the one that really hit me as we were preparing because it's so easy to let the concerns and the worries of my life take priority over the concerns and the worries of my mom's life. And I want to care for me first, and I figure if, I, if, if I'm good, then I can care for mom. So a little bit of a church history lesson is that right after the death and resurrection of Jesus, the church began to spread. The disciples and all of the followers went out and they started sharing the news of Jesus as the Messiah, his death and resurrection, and thousands of people are coming and the church uh, are coming to faith and the church is growing. And there were a number of Jews who had been following Judaism for thousands of years who were understanding this as heresy and saying, we need to stop them from doing this so they would persecute them. They would arrest them, and in fact, they would even kill some of the followers of Christ in the early church. And one person that they would have been desperate to eliminate and keep quiet would have been Mary, his mother. Mary, who saw him in the first, in the first as, as he had been resurrected, her story would have brought legitimacy to the story of Jesus. So if they could have gotten rid of her, that would have been, that would have been a wonderful thing to, to help their story. Now, our, our church, uh, we, we went on a tour a couple of months ago. A number of you were, were on that. You went and visited in Turkey a shrine that was called the Home of Mary. So why is Mary's home up in Turkey? Well, the Apostle John whom Jesus had just spoken to, this is your mother, take care of her as your mother, he ended up being exiled onto the island of Patmos as a prisoner later on in his life. And the goal was to isolate him from the church and isolate him from everybody else. In Revelations 1 and 9, it says, I'm writing this letter to you from Patmos. And Patmos is in Greece, and Ephesus, although today is in Turkey, at that time belonged to Greece. And it's probably where John and Mary escaped to. Catholic theology will teach us that Mary was assumed up to heaven. She never experienced death here on earth, but there's no biblical teaching on this. And what we see is that over the course of the early church for centuries, Christians would come to this home and they would honor it as the home where Mary lived. So why why was Mary living in Greece? Why was Mary living in Ephesus? Because Jesus in the paused 
from completing his mission and said, John, you have to take care of my mom. You need to get her. The horrible things are going to happen to the believers here in Jerusalem. Horrible things are going to happen to followers of Christ here in Israel. Would you take care of my mom? And in a moment of compassion, he spoke to John. And so John ended up in Ephesus, where we know there was a committed following of Christ, a, a church, a group of Christians, because Paul would write letters to the Ephesians. Look at Jesus pausing from what he was supposed to be doing to care for his mom. When was the last time that you paused your life and all the important things in your life in order to show compassion for the important things in your mom's life? We permission ourselves, don't we? We say, I'll care for me first, then I'll care for those in my family, and then I'll care for my mom. Because we convince ourselves that the things that we are doing are so important that we couldn't stop doing them in order to do something for our mom. Jesus paused himself from saving the world to show compassion for his mom. Pastor Doug's not with us this morning. You know why? He's with his mom, showing compassion. Are you brave enough to step out of your role, whatever that would be today, to show proper compassion for your mother? I love that the Bible does not leave these things um, quiet, that the Bible speaks to every important relationship, every important decision of our lives. And on this Mother's Day, what it teaches us is that we need to treat our moms with respect. Even in the moments when we're outpacing them, do we show respect? We need to treat our moms with honor. And there are some things that our moms are going to go, this one's just real important to me. Can you honor me in that moment? And there are times when we need to pause our life and what we would call important and say, I'm going to have a compassionate moment and demonstrate the same kind of love, respect, and compassion the way that Jesus did for his mom. Thanks for watching today. Be sure to check out our other messages on this page, and you can also watch us live online every Sunday morning at 1010 a.m. Don't forget, share your story or send us a prayer request by emailing info at porticocanada.ca. You can also stay connected by liking our Facebook page or following us on Twitter at PorticoCC.